This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer, riding out again on Old Dan. Come on, Dan, let's go. We've been bringing you these studies on divine healing, true and false. We're coming down to the end. And we're looking now at a study I wanted to bring you. Uh, speaking of, of the gospel, and uh, we, we in our last study, we were looking at how how the, the gospel is uh, being uh, cluttered up with all of the things that we see on the market, so to speak, today. How that preachers are uh, taken over by Satan, many of them, and they're preaching another doc, another gospel. Those those who preach that you got to be baptized to be saved. They're those who believe you got to in, take in their doctrine or this and that and the other, or uh, individuals who put the emphasis on a program. We see that so much, don't we? But today we want to look, take up the gospel, and show you what is included in the gospel. Would you just listen? Would you listen for a few minutes? The salvation of a soul. What's included in the gospel? The salvation of a lost soul. What do we find in Christ? We speak of Christ often. As we've shown you from God's word, we do not find divine healing in the gospel. We do not find baptism in the gospel. We do not find church membership in the gospel. We do not find the Sabbath day keeping in the gospel. We do not find the present-day religious programs in the gospel. Let's keep all of this clearly in mind now that all of that is a, a cluttered up. And uh, as we've often said, the gospel is good news. The good news of Christ for a guilty sinner. Did you know that the gospel is not good news to anyone except a lost sinner, a guilty sinner? Oh, my friend, listen, listen. The good news is that Christ has come into flesh. And as his substitute on the cross, that's what the sinner finds to be good news. Why should anyone stumble over that? Only a blinded, depraved individual would stumble over that and add anything to it. Why does men want to add to the gospel? When you add anything to the gospel, you take away, you take the offense out of the gospel. I have folks write me now and email me and say, you, you, your message is offensive. You, you offend us. Well, I asked you this, are you saved? Does that offend you? I read the scripture, the Bible says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Is that offensive? The Bible is offensive, my friend. It is. You go there and read what the uh, Apostle Paul spoke, spoke to Timothy about what he should preach. He said, preach the gospel. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke with all long suffering. He told him to rebuke, to rebuke those folks. And that's what the old trailblazer does. Do it in kindness. Do it in long-suffering, in love. But when I see individuals uh, sitting in the church pew shacking up uh, without any, never having been married, now brought two or three children into the world and all of those things. Well, my friend, listen, listen, that, that's, that's a, that offends people. It offends people. Now, I know that the Lord came to save sinners. I know that. That's the basis of our preaching here, that Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. But listen, one of the first things we find in the gospel is what? what yeah, let me ask you that question. Redemption. Redemption. We sing that song here, Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. You hath he redeemed with his own precious blood. Oh, the old blood song. In Ephesians 1, 7, we find that in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And then Colossians 1.14 says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Then in Romans 
3.24, we find being justified freely. Freely. Did you know the Lord saves us freely? He, he does that freely. He, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, we don't have to pay, do we? No, sir. Listen, listen. Uh, to redeem means to deliver by paying a price. I mentioned to you in a study back. You take an old guitar or fiddle or something down to the pawn shop and pawn it off or, a, or, a, or some kind of tool or something and pawn it and you get a few dollars for it and uh, get get your finances in shape and you go back down there in 30 days and, and redeem it. You have to pay the price. You have to pay the price. Just exactly what the Lord did when he saves a sinner. He redeemed us. He paid the price. You said, how did Christ pay the price? By dying on the cross, shedding his blood. My friend, you and I, I mentioned last week in a service one night, you and I cannot fathom the price that Christ paid for our redemption. We can't do that. Don't don't even try. Just thank the Lord for it. Do you ever thank the Lord for saving you? You tell me you know the Lord. You tell me you saved. Many of you say you listen to the old trailblazer on a regular basis. Are you saved? Then praise the Lord for it. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues and all of those things. No, that's, that's all uh, satanic work. Oh, but my friend, you can praise the Lord uh, just for saving you if you can't do anything else. Praise the Lord for waking you up this morning and uh, putting your feet on the floor and breathing. Did you know the Lord doesn't have to save anybody? The Lord doesn't have to save you. No, he don't have to save you. He don't owe you anything. Well, you know, no, I don't. You just an old, you just a worm in his sight, just an object of mercy. Did you ever see yourself as an object of mercy, my friend? Oh, but my friend, listen, listen. Redemption carries with it three great thoughts. Let's look at them. First, to purchase in the market. The basis taught here is a slave market. According to Romans 7, 14, sold under sin. Ezekiel 18, we're under the sentence of death, according to Romans 3.19, and we stand guilty before God, and the purchase price that is paid for our redemption is the blood of the, of the Redeemer who died in our stead. Died in our stead. I heard one Dr. Copeland tell a story uh, back there in the early days of the slavery in the, in the slave market here in the States. And they used to uh, sell those slaves, a lot of them at auction. And they was having this big auction, I believe, somewhere up in St. Louis, he said. And there was a young, uh, booksome black woman on the, on the block, they call it. Put them up there just like you would uh, uh, cattle in the auction. And they began to bid on this woman. And they, two people finally wound up to two guys, one on one side and one on the other. And they kept bidding higher and higher and higher and higher. And finally one man gave up and the other man paid the price, whatever it was, and uh, they gave him, gave him her papers. They had, had to have a legal, legal bill of sale, so to speak, and they, after the sale, uh, she came to him, and, and uh, he gave her the papers and said, uh, you, you're free to go. I bought your freedom, and she said, no, no, you bought my freedom. You, I'm yours. I'm your slave, and the story goes on that she went to be his slave for the rest of his life till he died. Oh, my friend, I can't tell it like Dr. Copeland did, but I, you get the picture. He redeemed her. He bought her back from the slave market and, and gave her her freedom. That's what Christ does. Now, we are free now in Christ, free man in Christ. Oh, but listen, my friend, I can't, I can't even fathom what it, what it costs the Lord to pay for our, 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 pay our sin debt. 
According to Romans 3.19, we stand guilty before God, and the purchase price that is paid for our redemption is what? The precious blood. We sang that song, precious blood. That price was paid to purchase us in the slave market of sin. There, Go there and read Galatians 3.13 and 2 Corinthians 5.21. The second thought about redemption is to buy out of the market. Not only to buy in the market, but to buy out of the market. That is, those who are redeemed by the blood of Christ are never again to be exposed to sale. Oh, now you talk about, and you can have all your doctrine of falling from grace and being lost after you're saved. You can take that, my friend. Oh, let's don't get caught up in that. But God's word doesn't teach it. No, sir. Redemption means to be bought out of the market and never again to be exposed to sale. I tell folks here, that there's not one sin registered against the old trailblazer in heaven. Therefore, I'm free in Christ. Free in Christ. Redemption is a finished transaction, my friend, uh, once and for all. And then the third thought underlying redemption is to lose. Loose, L-O-O-S-E. That is to set free by paying a price, which means redemption is not only by sacrifice, but by power. You hath he delivered from the power of darkness. Christ on the cross paid that price in his own blood. The Holy Spirit makes deliverance actual in our experience. Now, my friend, when you add anything to the gospel, you destroy the whole of, of, of redemption. I know that my sin debt was paid, paid in full. And I know that back there I was sold under sin, but I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. I've been set free. I know I've been loosed from the power of Satan. I know I've been set free by the power of the Holy Spirit, and my sins are gone. Oh, my sins are gone, and I'm washed in the blood. Delivered, how? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, those things are real in my own heart because Christ is my Redeemer. Divine healing has nothing to do with it. Baptism has nothing to do with it. Keeping the Sabbath day has nothing to do with it. Those great truths are all right in their place, but don't confuse them with redemption, because if you do, the sinner will never get to Christ. You better keep the road to the city of refuge clear, my friend, or no sinner will ever get there. You pastors out there, make sure, make sure that you're keeping that road clear. Make sure that you're not cluttering it up with speaking in tongues and all of those things. Make sure you're not putting baptism in there with your with your sermon. Make sure you're not putting uh, keeping the Sabbath. Make sure, oh, but listen, listen, listen. No sinner will ever get saved as long as those roadblocks are in his, stand there in his way. But the city of refuge needs to be kept clear. That road needs to be kept clear and clean that some poor soul could head down that road and get saved. I'm, I'm telling you, my friend, it's the greatest thing in the world to come to know the Lord. Sure, we have our problems. I told a young woman one night, she wanting to be saved. I said, look, when you get saved, when the Lord saves, you're still going to have problems. You're still going to have to get up in the morning, go in the bathroom and fix your face and put on your little bit of lipstick and a little bit of rouge and, and, and make yourself look pretty to get up and go to work. You're still going to have to get up and fix your husband's breakfast. You're going to have to get up and iron his shirt, maybe. You're going to have to do those things. Salvation doesn't exclude you from, all, from, from living your life and taking care of your responsibilities. No, I believe you have more responsibilities after the Lord saves you because now, now you're led to pray for your children, pray for your family, and, and to visit the sick and, and, and all of those things. But my friend, salvation is a deliverance. 
you're delivered from the power of sin. No longer does Satan have his control over you. Sure, he's there. He's there to, to put something in your path. I know that. But the Bible says, sin shall not have dominion over you. You're not under, under sin's dominion any longer once you were. But now, now your, your aim is to please the Lord. And you want to do that on a daily basis. And you, you have a thankful heart now, a new heart, and a new spirit. And that new spirit can worship the Lord. That old spirit, no, it's depraved, totally depraved. And you see so much of that today, don't we? The total depravity of man. Oh, I don't know how it's going to get any worse, but they say it will. But my friend, listen, we're living in a we're living in perilous times. The scripture says perilous times shall come, and I believe we're there now. And I'm not talking about the stock market and all of those. I'm talking about spiritual time. But I asked you to make sure, make your calling and election sure. Would you do that? Old trailblazer uh, wishes he could sit down by your side. I had a man come by the office the other day. And he said, I want to come in and drink a cup of coffee and eat a piece of pie with you, brother. He's from somewhere up in St. Louis. And he was down here on business, and he wanted to come by and drink a cup of coffee and eat a piece of pie. I said, well, don't have any pie, but we got some cake. And uh, we had fellowship together. But uh, I wish you would pray for the old trailblazer. And then, remember, we have Pastor Shelton's book on demon possession, $3.50. And, uh, and then pray for me. Pray for the old trailblazer. Help us with the broadcast. And if you want to help us with that, I appreciate it. And then remember the old Trailblazer's address, the old Trailblazer, post office box, 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785, and my website, radiomissions.org. Until next time, goodbye and God bless you.